0: for listening to the ESPC podcast network where the purpose of the podcast is always to make me money right and I say that because and we got Rick Carl's Reuter who's just like me no BS we run our own businesses we've been fortunate lucky in life that we can say whatever we want and we're like uh, not like Trevor Bauer not like these athletes that say hey I came to XYZ City for the universe, for the people. No, you went there for the money. (laughs) So every podcast is a business meeting, and every business meeting has to have a purpose and an outcome. So you got the purpose to make me money. As I make money, you make money learning business and financial concepts the same way you bet on a game, the same way you bet on the Kentucky Derby, It's the same way you pick a stock, you pick an investment. Uh, today's the NFL draft. Technical analysis never made anybody any money. Fundamental analysis has. And in fundamental analysis, you have corporate governance, right? So now we get to know about the corporate governance of NFL teams, the scouting department, the GM, the coach. In horse racing, it's the trainer, but we're gonna learn a lot more from it now. If you're the smartest, toughest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. So that's why we got Rick here. And Rick wrote two books The Story Almost Told and Stand Up How the Cold War Was Really, you know, really ended without a shot being fired. Thank you, Rick, for uh, teaching us and letting us know about what's going to go on with the Kentucky Derby. And we definitely got some podcasts with all of the rest of your different podcasts after this one about your books and about uh, the different stories. You got some great stories, Rick.
1: Well, well thanks, Josh. Uh, this should be a little bit of fun. Uh, the Kentucky Derby is, I guess, one of my holidays of the year. Let's see if we can make this thing work. Um, the object is to try to come out with a little bit more than you came with, or at least get, at least be able to give your friends a lot of shit for the stupid bets they made. <laughs>
0: And you uh, gotta have fun because if COVID hasn't taught us anything, is that life is short, tomorrow's not promised. So you don't. I've never seen. I, I'll ask. I'll start this question, Rick. Have you ever seen right a funeral procession with a Brinks truck?
1: No, I have not.
0: <laughs> you gotta have fun. You gotta enjoy the Kentucky well, Derby.
1: But when I lived, when I grew up just outside of Philadelphia, the biggest the biggest um processional for a funeral was for a bookie It stretched like four or five miles you had to go completely out of that town to get to get to wherever you're going because the cops had the whole the whole street blocked off
0: (laughs) yeah no you were telling a story about just you know unwillingly meeting mobsters and i remember when my uncle died uh he married my aunt who was a doctor we didn't know he was a mobster until he died right and they kept changing where the funeral was <laughs> and at the third or the fourth place we were at these guys come here and this is when my mom was alive god bless her soul She had a very dominant personality so these guys would come in came in with these white envelopes and gave us all money everybody in the family i'd never have met these guys they gave us an envelope full of money and i'll never forget my mom looked at all of us and remember my mom my mom was a minister of a church, very religious lady, you know, soft of the earth. And when we got this money from this mobsters, my mom looks at all of us, me and my brother and sister and my dad and my aunt that was there. She says, remember, all that money is mine. <laughs> I'm like, mom, this is blood money, but mobster money, that money's blood.
1: <laughs> well, my favorite bookie back in Philly, he was the only bookie who wasn't a part of the mob. Right. He would meet- We'd go out for lunch every once in a while. One time we met in the old Philadelphia City Hall, which you've seen in a hundred movies. right? Everything from Rocky to Blowout to Trading Places. And we met in the courtyard and he goes, I thought that was a good place to meet. We just, lots of places we could walk to. He goes, come with me. And I followed him and we said, where are you going? We're going inside City Hall all of a sudden. Then we're walking, and all of a sudden, he's walking right up to city cha- city council chambers. We're talking about a major <laughs> bookie. And the Sergeant Arms, the guy who's sitting standing in front of the door to make sure what goes on. He goes, hey, Billy. And he goes, hey, how you doing, pal? He opens the door. We go in, and like two-thirds of the table, the desks in City Hall, have yeah. envelopes that say Billy. <laughs> I go, what the hell are you doing? He goes, what better, what better defense do I have about getting busted than having two thirds of City Council making bets with me and not wanting to be found out? <laughs> I'll never be. Bu- I, I, we throw bones at the cops every, like every six months. We let them bust one of my apartments. We send the girls in for a couple things. I send them to St. Martin's on a vacation for getting arrested. We pay a two hundred dollar fine and we're done. <laughs> Everybody's happy.
0: <laughs> Man, he'll like good stuff now. Uh, the Kentucky Derby, a lot of controversy last year with the Breonna Taylor murder. Uh, so they, they really didn't allow much of the crowd in this year. It's the South. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people there, but only 20% of the favorites win in horse racing. And you sent me a tip of races afterwards for a horse that you feel is gonna win after the Kentucky Derby. And it's always Kentucky Derby day, right? Everybody ends up being an expert. I start reading stuff early in the day. really, I bet, races all day until the, the Kentucky Derby, then the one afterwards, right?
1: Right, I mean, it actually, for people out on the West Coast, the first race goes off at 7.30 in the morning. Wow. I usually have a little thing going where I have two or three phones going and we have people in, I think this year we'll have New Jersey, Florida, Arizona, North Carolina, and South Carolina, talking about what we're doing. Nice. And the horse you're talking about is racing in the 13th race. It's called um, Triple Tap. It's a Bob Baffert horse that, if he had known two weeks earlier that um, Concert Tour was going to get hurt, would not be in the Kentucky Derby. Um, his fir- his first race was eye popping. I mean. Uh, what's, if, you, if you follow the races, you know what a buyer speed figure is. That's Andy Buyer, Andrew Buyer, who's the he's now with Daily Racing for him, originally was with the uh, Washington Post. Is you basically known as the greatest handicapper of all time. Wow. And he came up with speed figures, and his okay. tri- and triple tap speed figure is good at 83 for a first one. 100 will get you into grade one races, basically. But he had like an 83, but that was a really deceptive 83. It could have easily been a 92, 95, because that horse never even got the reins shook against him. He just went out there, he put away the field, and then just walked home. It basically was a paid try, was a paid workout. If he had been, if they, if they had known concert tour was going to got hurt and was going to get hurt, he would have been running in the in the. Um, Triple Tap would have been running in the Santa Anita Derby. Don't be surprised if he wins tomorrow. I mean Saturday. Don't be surprised if you see him in the Preakness or the Belmont after that.
0: Oh wow!
1: It's going to be so I would not be surprised to see this horse. Uh, about four or five years ago, Baffert had a horse called Accelerate that didn't run in the Triple Crown, but then won everything from then on. They, he, Accelerate, I think, won either the Travers or the Delmar Derby. Delmar. Uh, race and then went right. and, then the, and then won the Breeders' Cup. Only uh, raced six races, won all six, including the Breeders' Cup, and then went to Dubai and won the Dubai ten million dollar race. Now it's twenty million dollars. Wow! It's interesting that because in Dubai, when they have a day of racing where the purses are somewhere north of fifty million dollars for about ten races, there is no betting there. It's illegal to bet in the Middle East. That's
0: insane, and it. It's illegal to bet bet in the Middle East, but the kingdom has a lot of horses that that it runs in the United States. And, you know, the Saudi, we we talked about earlier in the podcast, the Saudi uh, Cup uh, last year that was won by Maximum Security, right? Correct. Jason Jason Service and uh, George Navarro. And truth be told, right now, they were spiking horses. FBI knew about it. FBI agents, in my opinion, were paid off. That's why they didn't pull the trigger on the investigation and made an arrest until they went to Saudi Arabia, and the Saudi Kingdom tested the horses and said, "Hey." maximum security is testing dirty i'm not going to pay you uh for a dirty testing horse right then that horse ends up being a bob baffert horse afterwards i you to now
1: afterwards was, afterwards baffert took over maximum security after service got invited right and uh you know bob then he won the uh, breeder's cup and the horse was the horse was that good i mean
0: well, it's a $12,000 horse that ends up being a $35 million horse. <laughs>
1: you know, it's sort of like, you know, if you, in horse racing, it's sort of like the Southeastern Conference. And we have, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying.
0: <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly. The, the, the interesting thing that if, if, if you don't know a lot about horses and you just enjoy having some fun, right? Fixed races, the, poor, the person who wins the fixed race almost never knows he's going to win. Right. The races are fixed for who's going to lose. Right. And that's how that works out. Now, if if you know, I'm not gonna suggest that you know if you live on the west coast or in the mountain time zone, that you start drinking your bourbon when the races come on at seven thirty in the morning, but that's right. up to you.
0: That's that's when I start. You know, I did my I'll do my workouts today and tomorrow, and then on Saturday
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll start about, looking at. Uh, the, the you should um, like baseball fans make a pilgrimage to Yankee Stadium. Anybody who likes racing or maybe even just likes bourbon right. should <laughs> go into Keeneland, which is the sister track to um, uh, Churchill Downs. They're only right. open for like two and a half weeks in the spring and two and a half weeks in the fall. and They're basically only open because each in those two times, they actually have horse buying they have horse, horse, horse auctions. Right. And between the two of them, I think last year they did, I don't know, $700 million in horse sales. Wow. But that racetrack is the three great racetracks in America, Saratoga, Keeneland, and Del Mar. And if you're going to go to Keeneland, make sure that you get your reservations before, a long time before you go there because it sells out. And if you what you want to do is you want to sit in the clubhouse and sit where you can eat because of all sporting events I've ever been to, and I've been to my fair share, it has. They have a. They actually have a buffet there that's spectacular. Right. And you and and you actually, as you eat, you overlook the paddock, and you get to see the horses come out, which is nice. And the nice thing about about Keeneland also is, every person there, from the from the valet parking guy, to the bus bus boy, bus girl, to the to the person who's taking your bets, Everybody there is always having a good time. It's almost impossible. Love it. And then the other thing is on the days before you go to the track, you can go take the bourbon trail.
0: Nice. Nice. No, it's great times, right? We live in the greatest country in the history of the world. And that's just a beautiful part of the culture. And uh, part of the reason I started looking into uh, horse racing and talking to the old timers is uh, what Tim Conway Jr., and I encourage everybody to listen to the podcast, KFI. You reminded me that his dad was on Mikhail's Navy. That's how he got big before the Caribou Dead show. And he, what he talked about was that when his uh, when Mel Brooks uh, wife died. And
1: bankrupt.
0: Yeah, he they would go to the track with Carl Reiner. And he says that that helped him get through the death of his wife, going to the track. Tim Conway Jr., said that he learned math, not in school, he learned math from his dad at the racetrack.
1: (laughs) Now, there's there's also a little aside about uh, Mikhail's Navy for those who are old enough to remember the show, which is a real great comedy show. Yeah. Um, Tim Conway played Ensign Parker. And originally, Ensign Parker was supposed to be the straight man for all the jokes. Got it. But when he came in, the producers changed the whole show. He wasn't supposed to be a comic. <laughs> and then Tim Conway basically changed the whole show. You know, there's a lot of um, um, celebrities and own horses. It's also a good way for them to lose a lot of money. <laughs> right. A, a good way to launder a lot of money. Right. I mean, the Scronish family
0: that we've talked about on the podcast, they don't have $3 billion losing.
1: <laughs> well... Along those lines, if you want, there's a a Vegas story was that my friend, John, was doing the books for the Old Sands before they tore it down and built Bellagio.
0: Right.
1: And he and his assistant went downstairs. Their money was no good there because they're working for the owner, not for anybody else. And so they made a bet on who could make $100 last the longest. And John got bored, went over, got a drink, and the other guy, Joe, comes in, (laughs) bitching and moaning, goes... I had fifty bucks left. I bet twenty-five bucks on a blackjack hand, and I had eleven into a dealer six. Right. So I double down. I got a nine. I'm happy. Dealer pulls a ten. I'm happier. <laughs> Dang. Dealer hits a five. I can't believe I lost a sure bet. At that point, Mo Shanker, the legendary owner, who was the who was the person that the Mo Green character in Godfather was about, right, comes by. Goes. Come with me. He goes over to. a a crap table, and he, go, he grabs a couple of the $10,000 plates that you have seen in Vegas, yes. puts them on the pass line, throws a seven, puts them, makes a few more throws, rolls for about 10 minutes, and finally craps out. And he looks at Joe and goes, Joe, I didn't build this joint on sure winners. <laughs> about 3 o'clock in the morning, they order some food. And in walks uh, a, a server with the cart, and she goes, which one of you guys is Joe? Because last time we you had an order, we heard it was there was a mistake. We want to make sure can get your order right, Joe. And he goes, I'm Joe. He, goes, he opens up the thing and he goes, "Dear Joe, this is the only sure bet in my casino." And this and the waitress smiled.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Love those stories, Rick. Now let's get into Smith the Kentucky Derby.
1: Out. Okay, what's going to happen Saturday?
0: Right. Now, 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 let, before we start, I always I'm I'm almost as bad as Taylor Green as far as with the conspiracies. So here's my conspiratorial angle and talk me out of it. We already talked about it before. But let me know if I'm pronouncing this name right. Todd Pletcher has yeah. two horses. Known agenda, sainthood, and Bourbonic, And whatever the horse is eight to one, it's a horse that I'm gonna bet on. Because I think the other two horses, one of them is going to set a pick, like in basketball, it's going to set a pick for one horse, and the eight-to-one horse is going to run a clear path uh, to victory. Tell us about what you know about Todd Fletcher, and uh, talk me out of my conspiracy well, th- theory.
1: The Conspiracy theory. theory could work on a lot on a normal day at the races, right? But this is the only time that those that, that those owners right. are likely to get a horse in the Kentucky Derby they ain't setting no picks for nobody.
0: Right.
1: If he wins that race, that race is worth $20 million to them. So, Barbotic got lucky last week on uh, somehow everybody fell down in front of him, basically. No Agenda was a horse I really liked, except he got the one-hole. It's really hard to win out of a one-hole. What right. he's going to have to do is he's going to have to leave pretty hard to get a position so he won't have to go through 10 or 12 horses to come off the pace. He's lucky, though, in that the number two through number seven horses don't go to the lead at all. So he's going to be able to beat them out of the gate. He's Hopefully, the eight and the nine should be going to lead. He, if everything breaks, he could be sitting sixth or seventh, which would be okay. Um, Bourbonic was 50 to one in the, um, in the uh, Gotham, or actually, I'm sorry, the Wood, and deserves to be 50 to one. But one, you know, that's... That's the beauty of it, and um, I th- who's who's the other horse? Uh, to, Fletcher's horse was it? Um,
0: yeah, for pleasure it was Known Agenda, Dynamic One, Saint
1: Hurt. Yeah. he deserves to be fifty to one. Also, he's not right. very good. He's got a bad, He's he's not he's not that fast, and he's I think got like a fourteen hole or something. Right. right. Now, this year's something different in the Derby. Is okay. that until this year? With 20 horses, no, they never had a gate. They never had a starting gate that would, that would take all 20 horses. They had a starting gate that had 14 slots, and then another one that had six. But because they had to set them up, there was like five, not eight feet between the two starting gates, which gave actually the number 14 horse and the number 15 horse a little bit of an advantage because they aren't going to get, they weren't going to get bumped coming out of the starting gate. Got it. Now they have a new starting gate with 20 horses in it, so. Um, that's the way it is. I mean, this year, I would say this is like a B minus class right now of three year olds. There are no really outstanding horses at this time. I mean, it can it can get better. I mean, Baffert's horse that was going to that was going to be second favorite or favored, a uh, Life is Good. They have what they call the horses that are young. They also often call they say they're green. They're not. They haven't been, tra- they're not ready yet. That has raced. that horse, life is good, had raced like four races and three races. He basically made right turns coming down the stretch. He almost ended up in the stands. And, you know, so he, you can't do that today. And luckily he's yeah. not in the race because he okay. could have really messed up this race.
0: Now, um, go ahead. You don't bet the horses, you bet the, the jockeys. Is that right?
1: You bet the horse, you bet the jockey, and you bet the – I bet the trip. Okay. When you get to a raise – okay, now here's a tip, though. Um, uh, a, Rock the World had been right, right, ridden by a, a guy, a young Italian guy by the name of Huberto Rispoli. Yes. And off um, air, and and after, after we finish
0: the podcast, I will tell you a story or actually a fact about Rispoli.
1: Okay, Rispoli is winning. Basic, he's winning at about a 25% rate out in California. That's almost uncalled for. I mean, right. people don't. He's only 28 years old, so it's not like he's Mike Smith who's just picking the favorites and all the and sakes. Right. Which is I might turn that. But Rispoli was taken off of um, Rock the World, but he's going to be in some other races. So in some of the other races, he's going to be kind of pissed off that he's not raised. He's not on the second favorite. Right. He's not in the it's, it's Joel Rosario, who's a great jockey and he had nothing to do with taking you know he doesn't go out and lobby for that for that ride. All right. So, the owners come up to him and it's the owners tell the jo- tell the trainers that, you know, I they could have made I mean they could have made a mistake. I mean Rispoli did pick up a catch ride on Brooklyn something or another that is should be running in a claiming
0: race, not in the Kentucky Derby. Right. Yeah. And, and Uh, I'll tell you off air <laughs> actually, but when I look at some names, right. And let me know what you think, right. Cause I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just looking at it. You I look know, at you know, Medina you know, spirit, Bob Baffert, right. And then I look at hot, hot rod,
1: Charlie, Doug O'Neill. Doug O'Neill is really, really good. Doug O'Neill won two derbies. So, ain't nothing wrong with Doug O'Neill. Nothing wrong with betting O'Neill, Hot Rod
0: Charlie, that's where O'Neill's at. Uh, he also has another horse, doesn't he? Let me see. Yeah, Doug O'Neill. Look here. Look Doug this. O'Neill has Hot Rod Charlie, and da, 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 da. he's going to have 150 people there. Doug O'Neill. Maybe well, right. something about something. Flying his whole family and friends out there.
1: Well, there's also well, there's also the thing is there are a couple of um, groups that own horses.
0: Right. And um, I, group that own the family would be one. So these are trainers who have uh, relationships with sometimes well-to-do people, and then we'll do a podcast. Maybe you could help us on that one. On uh, remember uh, Zaid? Right. <laughs> Zaid was just like the guy who bought the, uh, the Islanders for $20. <laughs> or the whole joke was uh, that he was the owner of the uh, Islanders, and he asked one of the guys that worked there if he could borrow 20 bucks. He's like, why are you buying 20 bucks for me if you're the owner of the islander? And that guy was broke. And Zaid was broke, right? Zaid was broke. He's uh, living on borrowed money, but he uh, won the Kentucky Derby. And uh, again, and that's kind of why I opened the opening the way I do all the time, because he, he, when he, after he won the Kentucky Derby, and he, I think he won another uh, triple crown race at the end, he would say, I didn't do this for me. I did it for the racing public. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't do this for me. I did this for you. Zayi, he was a fake owner, right?
1: You know, they're doing it for the money. Yeah. Of course. We're talking about the, the, the best deals, the best deal in sports history. There's not even one close. Is these two crazy brothers from St. Louis right. owned the Spirit of St. Louis ABA basketball team. <laughs> and when they merged the NBA and the ABA, they wanted to have an NBA team.
0: Right.
1: But they, the NBA wouldn't do it. And they threatened us to have an antitrust suit against the NBA. So what the NBA did in 1975 when there was, you basically had to watch NBA games on take replay. play. Right. The, the two brothers, one full share of TV in perpetuity. <laughs> suing them, Yeah. The, the, each brother was worth over a billion dollars. They just sold their, their rights because they're both in their eighties now for one point. I think it was $800 million just to get out of it. Jesus. Cash money. Mm. These guys made two million dollars not to have a team. <laughs> now, if, if somebody came up to you and say, "Josh, I'm gonna give you a hundred million dollars if you just stay home," <laughs> you think you might take that guy's offer?
0: In a second.
1: <laughs> well, that's what these two guys did. All right.
0: So, Hot Rod Charlie, Doug O'Neill, okay. uh, Medina Spirit, Bob Bafford.
1: Medina right. Spirit. You know the other name a that I that,
0: I that I that I. As a less than casual fan, but now I'm getting into it, especially in uh, in uh, Del Mar is a Steve M- uh, and You got uh, Midnight he has Bourbon. A, has
1: a, he's basically the central part of America's version of Todd Pletcher. They each have hundreds of horses in training. And basically they Asmus is more fun than Pletcher. Pletcher is an account, looks like an accountant who trains horses. <laughs> Brad, the the essential quality. Brad Cox has a couple other horses in the race, and so does Mark Cassie. Got it. And Brad Cox is becoming the new hot trainer. He, I mean, right now, you'd have to put him up there with Baffert, with Pletcher, um, with Asmussen. Asmussen just wins on volume, he and Baffert. Baffert is starting to do volu- mostly volume now. He's, he's actually he's cutting back a little bit ever since his heart attack.
0: Got it. So I'm picking uh, the eight to one horse.
1: You're talking about um, a known agenda?
0: Yes, known agenda from Todd Pleasure, right? Because uh, I think they, I'm, I'm still going to go with my theory. So who, who's the winner, Rick? Well.
1: I'm actually looking at Rock Your World. I think he's going to get a good trip right behind Essential Quality. And Rosado w- likes to win big races. Um, but there's just there's just a I mean, No Agenda definitely has a good shot, no question about it. Uh, in my pick six, I actually go with like four or five deep in this race. Nice, I go five deep in this race for the pick six which I have known agenda, hot rod Charlie, um, essential quality, rock your world and highly motivated. Got At it. this point, essential essential quality is getting got a dream person, a dream trip. If, if this way this way, if you switch if you switch essential quality with known agenda, I would be all over known agenda. Got it. But, I mean, it's, it's one of these things with trips. And let's see who's – I mean, I, I ride Ortiz, who's on, known, who's on known agenda, just wins. I mean, the, the that guy just – I mean, he and his brother have basically owned New York Racing and Florida Racing for the last five years. His brother is Jose Ortiz. Got it. Got and, Like, basically looking at this um, – Something else to look for on, although doesn't really apply for the Kentucky Derby that much. Okay. Is when you're looking at a track, whether it's for early races here or not, is if you're looking at racing form, you'll see a little thing which will show you the total number of races they've won, won lifetime, the last year, and the year before, and then that, below that they'll tell you what they've done at that racetrack. Like if you're looking at this at this race. If you look at the Derby, you will see that Essential um, uh, Quality won a race at at Churchill Downs. That's that's a good thing. I mean, and and um, King Fury has had three races and won two. Of course, I was favored over King Fury in one of those races. I ran against King Fury and I was four to five. Just me. Nice. With I had my, I had, I had a, I had my pet dog on, 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 as my jockey, and I was scared of King Fury. That gives you an idea of what I think of King Fury. Right. Watching beat the biggest, the the biggest loss I had in the Derby was the year that Mind That Bird won. <laughs> I'm, for, I'm, you're not. It's going to be really difficult for me to get to be fifty to one. You really have to suck for a long time. So it's unless unless it's just a, a throwaway bet. I'm not, you'll never see me betting a 50 to one shot, but I had the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth places in exact order. Nice. Other than mine that bird. (laughs) It also cost me the early pick five, the late pick five, the late pick four, the super factor. I was not really happy with Calvin, with Calvin Bowrail. Winning, going up the rail in the Kentucky Derby on a horse that they brought in. Every other horse comes in by a jet. His comes in the back. Mine, that bird came in the back of a pickup truck from New Mexico.
0: Carburel. And I remember when he won that race, uh, he started crying, right? He started crying, he started confessing. Like he was at an AA meeting because I think they drug him out of rehab to put him on a fifty-one horse at the Kentucky Derby. He, the guy ends up winning, right?
1: This that guy won. There he and there's another uh, Russell. Russell Bay's up at um, up at uh, Golden Gate and Burrell are the same thing in that they they won thousands upon thousands upon thousands of races by staying at like. Pod tracks and being the 800 pound gorilla, right? As a pod on track, and they would just keep on winning at three to five, four to five, and they would just keep on cashing checks. Nice. And they never went to the they never went to the big time.
0: Right. No. And because it's going to be interesting.
1: only won. Race for like 40 years, and I think he only won like three grade one races. Wow.
0: Wow. And uh, when we write the article for this, we'll put it in the handle. What, what the handle is going to be? Uh, it's going to be interesting with off-track racing with the Stronach family with their ex bet. It's going to be a huge, it's going to be a huge handle. And we'll close with this. Tell us your your best uh, uh, Kentucky Derby story or racing story. And do you have anything on Friday? Right, the Kentucky Oaks.
1: On Friday, but if you'd like, I can give you a couple of fun bets. Okay, something else is a really fun bet. If you're with a group of friends and you can bet online or if you happen to be able to go to an OTV place, right. A really fun bet is to get together with two other friends, have three people, and you bet to pick four, and each each person picks one horse in each race.
0: Got it.
1: It would only cost if you do for you can do a fifty cent increment, and it'll cost you a thirteen dollars and fifty cents. And you can have a whole lot of yelling at your friend and making fun of how stupid they are. <laughs> For thirteen dollars and fifty cents, and you might get lucky. <laughs> um, I haven't looked at all of Friday. Um, what you know? Okay, Kentucky Derby story. Yeah. We were okay. It, it becomes a two-parter. Nice. Uh, my, we went to the hundredth Derby. My friends, my friends' mom, worked for the Little Courier Journal. So we were supposed to sit in the Louisville Courier Journal's box. So we went to we stayed up late that night before, and partied, and we then all of a sudden his sister comes down and wakes our asses up at five o'clock in the morning. And then let <laughs> get going. You know, we <laughs> have to get going. And so what happened was Chipmunk, the guy who created Woodstock, Bill right. really Young, and a couple of their friends showed up. And for some reason they felt that a rock and roll hall of famer. The guy from Woodstock and a couple of their friends should get their tickets over just the kids of the people who work there. I can't understand why. So we had to go to the infield. And back then, they, they, they served the, the um, Mitchell glasses. The Mitchell glasses have, are, are actually glass and hand painted on the hand stamped on them are all the winners of the Kentucky Derbies. Nice. But in the infield, where, the, where we were, you, had, you got plastic cups and none of that. The only way you could do is go to, the infield, go to the grandstand and get your, and get your drink. <laughs> and it took us two hours to get our, our, our glasses. Not two hours, God. And I came back, and I went to make a bet, and it's like, six- or seven-year-old kid comes up and goes, Mr., Mr., Mr. were those your glasses? <laughs> I go, what do you mean Were? My well, many guys were playing touch football, a guy dove and landed on them, and he was cursing at you because he got cut. <laughs> and I go, he shouldn't have been landing on my thing. So, actually, luckily, my friend's mom got his glasses like, a couple weeks later when, when they were run over. But then on the way home, I thought, you know, we were seen, I was a senior in college, and I thought we were going to be part of a penthouse moment. <laughs> we were in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky. And in all these hills, we have no idea, but there was an exit off the, off the interstate. And off the interstate, there was a building that looked like a Denny's. Like, Let's go get some ice cream. So we're going to get some ice cream. Go so in there, and there's four of us, and are four women that I have no idea how those four women, as beautiful as they were, ended up at that place in a town of 30 people.
0: <laughs> so it's better to be lucky than good, right?
1: Right. And they... they <laughs> We, we, a couple of us didn't want a whipped cream on our ice cream Sunday, so we suggested that they put the whipped cream all on one Sunday. <laughs> and of course, they thought that was pretty funny, and they had whipped cream were, shall we say, they missed putting on the, the ice cream. <laughs> and then they invited us to come to a party in their hot tub and barbecue. they were going to close the place down. And yeah. we're in heaven, so I remember <laughs> wait a second, got to be back in three hours. We're setting up a concert. <laughs> And we are the concert committee. We used every quarter, every nickel, every dime in the payphone, because back in the 70s you didn't have cell phones. Begging our friends, bribing our friends, trying to set up the show for us. And then we get there, we get to the thing, we all look sad. And one of the and the and the, the, the performer who we signed the contract looked at me and goes, Didn't you want us to perform here today? I go, I'm the reason you're here. I, I fought for you. I goes, then what's up? And I told him the story. He smacked me in the back of the head. He goes, you're an idiot. <laughs> you just our hotel. We would have set it up as long as you brought pictures. <laughs> but okay. Um, be the, it's always yeah, better to yeah, be yeah, looking good. A couple of fun bets. Right. Okay. It, it, early, in the, early in the day in the second race, maybe number five. All right. Because he might, get a, he might get a good trip, and he probably be 10 to 1. But, okay, let's look at some fun bets. Okay, this first bet, everybody who's listening can afford on some level. Right. It will cost $6 if you play for $0.50. Cents. $12 you play for dollar, but you can play for any increment. It's the pick four Got it. starting in race five through race eight. Got it. Okay, in race five, you bet number two and number five. In yeah. race six, is four, five, and six. In race seven, only number four. That's another bad, bad, bad for horse called Gamine. Nice. Um, if, you look at, if you're looking at the program, if you look at programs, you'll see they'll have what they call the morning line odds, what yeah. the handicapped thinks are going to go off. And usually, like the favorite they have anywhere between two to one and three to one. Well, Gamine is number four horse in the seven race is listed in the morning line at 1 to 5, which means you have to bet $5 to win one battle. <laughs> which means that horse, unless he, if he only falls down twice, right. he'll still win. Okay, and then in the 8th race, <laughs> the 8th of this is number 3 and number 8.
0: The and 3 number, and the 8 horse.
1: The 3 in the 8 and the 8. Now, if you want to make this into a pick 5, the early pick 5 actually starts in the fourth race. So keep the same horses that we have in the pick four. Got it. But in the fourth race, you want to have number one, got it, number four, number six, number eight, number 11, and number 12. And the reason I did that is there are a couple of long shots in there and maybe that will make the... When you have a race... that See, basically, number seven in the race, I mean, number four in the seventh race, is what they call a free spot. In other words, there's basically no way that horse loses. Got it. That horse also brings up a term for, for, for horse rating racing bettors that if you haven't gone to the track that much, you might not know. It's called a bridge jumper.
0: Got it. Bridge jumper.
1: What happens is you, no matter what the odds on the horse is, he has to pay at least $2.10 for your $2 to place and $2.10 for to show, even if the track loses money, they have to pay you that profit. So what happens is like a horse like Yamine in the seventh, do not be surprised to see people bet a hundred thousand dollars, five hundred thousand dollars on Gamine to show because we're actually going to get five percent interest in a minute and thirty-seven seconds. Wow. And a bridge jumper is somebody who bet on that horse that's one to nine. Right. The horse does not come in. And then they jump off a bridge because they just lost the house. No, and then Okay, and the pick six, that reminds me I'll, of um, I'll email you the pick six pick. pick. This is a little bit more for your heavier players.
0: right? And what we'll do is for people watching on the live stream, and then people listening to the podcast tonight and Friday on the Twitter uh, feed, and I'll tag uh, Rick. We'll have all these picks. And we'll uh, tweet them out there to everyone. And we'll have them also in the episode notes as well.
1: Perfect. What else would you like to know? Oh.
0: It's final words. Final words before we go to the NFL draft.
1: Everybody win. Have fun. (laughs) Have fun. And the reality is what you do is just like at the casino. If you happen to hit early, you are not playing with house money. Right. Once the person gives you the money, it's your money. <laughs> and if I don't care if you hit the early pick four for ten thousand dollars, right? You're not you're not playing with their ten thousand dollars. That's <laughs> your ten thousand dollars. Once it's in your hands, it's your money. Love it, love it. it. It is your money. It's your money. You take you you. And the thing is also the other way is, Let's say that you're down at the beginning, right? It, at, the, at the casino in blackjack, they call it chasing 10s. Don't go chasing 10s. Just keep on betting the way you're going to bet. You may get even, you may not, but the reality is the, and, and the, don't ever go to the ATM. <laughs>
0: no, never.
1: The ATM's at the racetrack is evil.
0: Oh, 100%. 100%. So we'll close the Winston Churchill. Man, this is a lot of fun. We're going to do it again. The printness is coming in a couple of weeks, May 15th. That's going to be fun after watching these horses. We always close with Winston Churchill. We always give all the pigs for free, everything for free, because we live in the greatest country in the world, abundance, abundance mentality. And Winston Churchill, who got us through the last tragedy in uh, Western civilization, said, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESBC Podcast Network.
1: That's why this one goes cost $800 and that goes to it. And I don't know what that cost. I'm just shitting the work. That's why.